And I want to read this to you for everybody who's been watching the wind in your life, worrying about uncertain situations that you cannot control. I'm not talking about those of you that are trying to make a plan to pay off your debt. That's good. That's not a lack of faith. That's a, that's a presence of wisdom. But watching the wind is trying to calculate something that you can't control. You are worried your kid is going to end up dropping out of school, and they are three months old, and they don't like baby Einstein enough yet. And you are worried that they won't get into Harvard. You're watching the wind, trying to figure out stuff that's in the, in the future. Now watch this. This is so, this is so weird, because it says, immediately after Jesus blessed all the multitudes and the crowds at a bad time, he made them go into the boat, 22, and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. So at some point during his instructions, he told them, I will meet you on the other side. He gave them his word. He gave them his word. I will see you on the other side. He gave them his word. Touch somebody next to you and say, he gave you his word. No, I need you to help me preach this, not look at me with a little, little, little church face. Tell him, he gave you his word. But the challenge is not believing that you will see him on the other side. Is how long is it going to be before I get there? He gave me his word that he would never leave me nor forsake me. He gave me his word. In this corner, weighing in at unlimited pounds, hailing from eternity, made flesh by the will of the Father to redeem humanity, is the living, breathing Logos Word of God, Jesus Christ. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and all things were made by him and for him, for he was with God in the beginning. He gave me his Word. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. And when evening came, he was there alone, but the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves, because why? The wind was against it. And his opponent, raging on the storm-tossed sea, the wind. And we came to church really today to find out which one's going to win. The calling that God put on your life or the circumstances that contradict it? Your faith or your fear? The wind versus the word. The challenger. You ever watch MMA? Sometimes I like to preach the word and then watch people beat each other half to death on Saturday nights. It's a recovery method. It's kind of my own spiritual cryotherapy. But the challenger, and then and then you got the undefeated, undisputed heavyweight champion. Anyway, I'm gonna get back to the text because it said the wind was against the boat. And the boat 
did not represent disobedience like it did for Jonah, who was going away from God. They were going into their assignment, which led them into a storm, which meant that they had to keep moving forward against the wind. Now, if you watch the wind, you'll never set out. If they would have had a Weather Channel app, they would have never gotten in the boat. Sometimes we know too much. Sometimes we overthink things. Who's this message for? If you're a chronic overthinker, you are a wind watcher. Well, I might get a flat tire. They've been doing a lot of construction. I don't know if I should take this job or not. So, during verse 25, the fourth watch, the Romans divided it up into four quarters, all right? 6 p.m. to 6 a.m., four watches, three hours each. 6 p.m. to 9 p.m., first watch, 9 p.m. to midnight, second watch, midnight to 3 a.m., third watch. <laughs> and when does Jesus show up? I mean, this dude, is that disrespectful to call him that? He was fully God and fully man. And he shows up, not the first watch of the night, second watch, third watch. What I like about the text is even the term watch has significance. Because if you remember what I just read you, it said that he went up on a mountainside to pray. Now, the sea was situated well below the mountain, which means that as they went through the storm, even though he didn't stop it, he saw them in it. I want you to be encouraged today, my sister, my brother, my fellow child of God. Just because the storm is raging doesn't mean God has left the scene. And just because he hasn't stopped it doesn't mean he doesn't see it. And just because the devil started it doesn't mean he won't use it. And just because I don't know how long until we get there doesn't make me doubt his presence in the middle of it. He was watching the whole time. He knew just when he wanted to step in so they could see him as he had never been seen. And I believe God is speaking over somebody's situation today that his eye is on you. I believe that he has numbered the hairs on your head. I believe that even the bad things that have happened in your life, he kept every tear in a jar. And I don't believe that one of them is beyond redemption. Now, the Bible says that when it got to the last watch of the night, after they have rowed four to five miles in their own strength, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were at peace. Nope. First, when you see God, your first response is fear. Why? You don't know if this is really him. That's the problem. I don't know if this is God, or I don't know if this is the devil, or I don't know if I'm supposed to do this, or I don't know if I'm supposed to do that. And The challenge is trusting God in uncertainty. And You got to believe that the disciples were wondering, did we hear him right? Did he really say, get in the boat? Surely he wouldn't have sent us into a storm like this. And now enters the mythology that the Jewish people would have believed at this point that underneath the sea was controlled by an evil spirit. So when Jesus comes walking to them and they can't fully trace his silhouette because it's still dark and because it's foggy and the wind is against them, their first instinct is it must be a ghost. See, you keep thinking when God shows up in the situation, it's going to feel better all of a sudden. But this will blow your mind. The Bible doesn't say they were scared 
at all until Jesus shows up. Now you see why you can't go by your feelings? Sometimes the moment when he's closest is the same moment when the wind is blowing the strongest. So they were, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said. And they cried out in fear. Now, Jesus, instead of rebuking them for their fear, responds to their initiative. And he said, Remember, this is a significant term, Yahweh, I am, the name of God. It's a, it's a name that Jesus embodied in flesh. God is that in spirit, but Jesus shows us that in flesh. And when he says, take courage, it is I, it's more than him just saying, it's me, boys. He's identifying his presence and connecting it to the eternal God and the eternal word. When he speaks, it is I, don't be afraid. Peter, in equal parts doubt and equal parts curiosity, because he just got to participate in a miracle of feeding 5,000, is like, I want to get in on this one too. And I'm tired of being in this boat with John. He gets on my nerves. He doesn't row. You know, John was laid back. And Peter's like, if it's you, get me out of this boat. Tell me. To come. I preached this for a long time the wrong way, and I've corrected it since. I used to say that, that Peter walked on water, but if you look at verse 29, Jesus said, Come. And then Peter got down out of the boat and walked on the water, but he was really walking on the word. I'm going to just ask you something. This is not a preachery question. Have you ever had to just walk through something just on sheer faith that if God brought me out here, he will not leave me now? That's what it means to walk on the Word. Have you ever had to move towards something in your life that scared you to death, and you don't have any experience for it, and your nautical knowledge did not prepare you for this incident, but all of a sudden… The sea became a hardwood floor underneath your feet with each step. That's what I mean by walking on the Word. Have you ever had to take a promise from God's Word and just hold on to it for dear life? A promise for someone that you love who's sick? A promise for provision when you don't see where it's coming from? A promise that God is going to fulfill His purpose for your kids? And even if you don't know how it's going to, have you ever had to hold on so tight to something in the fourth watch of the night? That's, that's what I mean by walking on the word. And Peter is walking on the word, but he's walking against the wind, and so are we. See, Jesus didn't stop the wind, he gave the word. Come, he said. That's no more instruction than you give your golden retriever. 
come. And maybe a golden retriever is smarter than some of us, because a golden retriever doesn't question the master. But yet some of us, the first trace of wind, the first trace of disappointment. And I always thought Peter fell down walking to Jesus because you know he gets out there a little ways. And most of us do. We get out there a little ways and we ingrain a habit for a little while. And we go in a new direction by faith and trust God for a time. But at somewhere during the process, the Bible says that after Peter had walked on the water and came toward Jesus, verse 30, he made a critical mistake. He saw the wind. Which one is stronger, the word or the wind? I want to say it depends which one you watch. I want to say that the wind did not have the strength to knock Peter off of his feet. The only reason he went down is because he took his eyes off of the word and started watching the wind. See, faith is not an imaginary state where I get myself worked up into a delusion like nothing's ever going to go bad again, and then I'm surprised when bad stuff happens. Faith is a focus. Faith is the ability to say, I'm putting my eyes on the goodness of God in this moment, and I'm not looking back, and I'm not looking forward, and I'm not looking around. My mind has already reached a conclusion. God is for me. God is with me. If the wind be against me, if the world be against me, if all hell's power nails him to a cross, in three days he will rise. Because my faith is focused on the Word of God that I'm walking toward. And I want to prophesy over somebody today and declare over your life, the wind doesn't have to stop for you to keep walking toward Jesus. And the situation doesn't have to get better for you to see the glory of God. I'm telling you what I know. If everything goes worse, if everything gets crazy, if everything rises up against you, God is an army. God is a second circle. God is an ever-present help in the time of trouble. And if your life is built on the foundation of his word, there is no wind that can rage against you. That can shake it off. Hey, thank you for watching. Make sure you subscribe to this channel so you don't miss a single video or live stream. And share this video with a friend. And don't forget, you can join me live every Sunday. Thanks again for watching.